Hey, welcome back to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities that follows up on our weekend teaching and then just talks about things that we found interesting in life. Here with me today is my friend Margo. Hey, guys. And I'm Brent. And I also have, we have a special guest, you guys, uh, another friend of mine uh, who hails once again from the Tri-Cities after having a little bit of a uh, a, a time away from the Tri-Cities and then, like the black hole that it is, sucks you back <laughs> in. Travis Rybarski is here, everybody. How's Hello. it going? How's Thank it going, Travis? You. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's not a black hole. I love it here. It's a magnet. It's a magnet. It a draws magnet. you. Yes, absolutely. Here's Tractor a beam. quick story of my history with Travis. When we uh, took over the theater, uh, back in May of 2014, we walked into an absolute mess here. Uh, the place was completely under construction. There was hideous wallpaper on the walls. There was concrete and tile and carpet that was just bad. The, car- the curtains smelled. Travis, you saw this place at its worst. Yeah. And uh, we were doing some work one day doing construction and left the front doors open because I think we were hauling stuff out to the dumpster or whatever. And in wanders in Travis with a group of other high school friends. You were probably a sophomore or junior at the time, maybe? What were you? I was like 18. Were you? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Um, so I didn't. Uh, he walked in and said, hey, what are you guys doing here? And I said, well, we're you know turning this into a community theater thing. And, and he said, well, if I help you out, can I host a rap battle here? And we were like, well, you'd love the help, but what's a rap battle? We didn't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, I I thought this was just another bunch of high school kids, you know, and 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 saying, yeah, if you want to come in and, and, and work with us, that'd be, that'd be great. We'd love it. You know, here's a hammer. Here's a this. I can't even believe I did that because I'm sure there's some insurance <laughs> things that looking back, I'd have been like, why am I giving this kid a hammer and a saw and sharp objects everywhere? No, it wasn't just a hammer and a saw. You gave me like a big electric thing. I was like grinding down concrete with. That's so. right. Yeah, you were grinding because we pulled up all of the... Uh, all of the carpet on the underside of that is glue and just yeah. garbage everywhere. And so it was like a breathing thing. I mean, I remember like my, my breathing sucked for like lung. six months after that, <laughs> after we did that project. Um, and uh, he showed up one day and then I, he's like, can I come back and do some stuff? And I said, of course. And it was kind of one of those things like you just don't expect people to come back. I, I just <laughs> And he did. He showed back up and worked more and then did it again and Finally, once we got this thing open, hosted uh, an event here and, and had some good times, and we've always kind of remained friends ever since. Um, he's always kind of struck me as a, a guy who is uh, is pretty street smart. It's pretty just smart in general, but um, has always had a good head on his shoulders in that way. So happy to have him here today. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. He's done some podcasts for some friends and is, uh, has shown his face around. He's like here every once in a while, and, and we love having him. And and uh, it's good. And you just are, you moved back in the area because you, you, you moved away for a little bit to work in some social work, yeah. travel in the state, speaking, kind of doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now you're back. And what give us a, a snapshot of what you do and, and what your role is there. Well, uh, I started working in social work here. I am a youth peer in a program called the WISE program. Basically, my job is to work on behavioral health teams with therapists and case managers and make sure that the youth who's getting services has their voice heard and the, the whole team's working on something they believe in. Got that job here, which the battle rap stuff actually led to. Um, And then I got a job as a trainer teaching other people how that program works. So I traveled doing that for a year and a half. Funding ended for that. And so I was like, all right, what's the move now? And I came back home and returned to the agency I was working at before. Like when that when that period of my life ended, the traveling, um, I was like, what do I want to do? And then I realized I was pretty happy before. I'm just going to kind of go back to how life was before. Go back to the Tri-Cities, make music with the same people get involved in Uptown Theater, work at the same agency, 
life is good here. So I came back. That's awesome, man. What's yeah. your favorite place that you visited in your bouncing around the state? Mm. Apart from home. <laughs> I, I really like Wenatchee. I, I did a lot of training and support and stuff in Wenatchee, and I like that place. It's really down to earth. Um, it's really relationship focused. I sometimes when I visited, I was visiting areas to try to help people um, implement this program. So it, we were busy. It was like we got to work when we're showing up somewhere. Uh, maybe we have a day or two to be there and help as much as we can and then go to the next place. And Wenatchee, though, they really slowed down and they're just like, get to know our community for the day. And they just um, the woman there named Alicia Finn, who's working in behavioral health, gave me a tour of all the schools so I could see all of them, brought me to different agencies um, brought me to breakfast where it's like a little place where it's like a living room. Practically, you know, everybody there. So it's just a cool, like family oriented community. It's a fun place to be. That's cool. Uh, one of the things I've always appreciated about Travis too is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't really come from a church background, uh, mm -hmm. at all. And so came into this and is, is the kind of guy who is inquisitive and asks me questions and pushes back on things that like, I think that people who probably have a church background and walked away from it and are coming back, like will ask me or, or just assume some certain things or um, not question when I say something that um, church people would know, but non-church people would know, would, wouldn't know. And Travis would be like, what does that mean? What is that? What do you mean by that? Right. <laughs> and I'm always like, this is good. Like he's genuinely inquisitive and not for the purpose of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I want to convert. I'm ready. I'm in, you know, but just like, tell me about it. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that um, I want to be like that on so many different arenas of life. And it's, it's just refreshing to see it from somebody who's, who's kind of, you know, looking in at something and going, tell, that sounds interesting. What's that about? You know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and trying to get some curiosity scratched and moving on that way. So it's pretty fun. It's great. I love it. Now, do I get to ramble about why I appreciate you? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. I love Eastlake and I love Uptown Theater because I see it as like, whoa, this is what I always wished all churches were, like a place that is open to different cultures, even if those cultures are challenging to the culture of the church and like makes their building a hub of resources that other people can use um, and opens it up during the week so that other people can do cool things with it. And you, you strategically built this place so that it could be a resource for anybody, not just people who are on board with the church and exactly what you were doing. Um, but the way that you open your doors like that, it makes people comfortable hearing out your ideas and seeing what you have to say, too. And that's beautiful. So cool, I love man. this place. We're glad that uh, you see it because that that's definitely been our goal. So we're glad he cast it's the vision. somewhat working. He caught it. Right. Absolutely. Seen. It's understood. So we are in uh, the middle of a series. Uh, well, towards the end, actually. It's a, it's a five-part series. Uh, on Sunday was part four. We talked about money and all the money matters. And he just um, was just shooting, guardrails. shooting the attendance in the foot. Oh here. my goodness! Yeah, you know what though, man? Our nine thirty service. I, I, Kylie said there was like forty in elementary, we which is had, a huge one, and thirty something in early we childhood. We had thirty one in three to five, which was larger. So many kids, guys. Which was larger than any of our individual Easter services. <laughs> That's crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. So, so send a, a prayer of thanksgiving for your yeah for your kids volunteers. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It definitely not uh, the two topics that grow your church: money and, and sex. Um, uh, so, but it's it's you know something I feel like is important to talk about every once in a while. And so. I had no idea that you're talking about money this week, which is funny because when I wrote the description for the podcast last week when we were following up like the sex talk. Uh, I think I put in the podcast notes, like 
after following a week of this, like the second least favorite church topic, and I had no idea that yeah. you're moving on to money this week. Well, that and we had a great, we had a little staff lunch uh, uh, and talked about money because we were just talking about our our own personal relationships with our spouses and, and significant others or whatever. Our shortcomings. Yeah, and saying, you know, so who in the relationships are spenders and savers for for you guys? And, and what these are the guys talking about. Devotion to their staff. This is Andrew, myself, and Margot at Greek Islands eating a euro and just kind of like barfing everything out about finances, right? And like just the struggle, the real struggle that it is. Because they had just gone with me to go on the the oh so sketchy Facebook marketplace to look at this couch that was listed for 150 bucks. Yeah. Which for a giant like nine foot by seven foot couch, you're just like, all right, what am I, what am I getting? And it was it was in pretty rough shape. Yeah. If you so, bought anything on Craigslist that you showed, or you, you saw something on Craigslist, you showed up, and it looked nothing like the pictures. You got catfished. Yeah. <laughs> totally catfished. Yeah, so couch I've been, catfished. I've been couch catfished. My house in Spokane right now has a couch in it that I couldn't even say no to once I met the people, because I had them deliver it to my house. Oh, no. No, but not <laughs> just that. They were like, yeah, we'll deliver it. Absolutely. I wasn't even home. Like, I left cash with my roommates, and oh. I was like, couch is showing up, get Dude, it. you are so brave. You are yeah. so... Yeah. Lesson learned. Like, couch was trash. This is so classic for you, because you see the best in people. We <laughs> yeah, just talked about how... Trusting. You're like, you operate by this iron rule, like, I'm going to do for others what they can't do for themselves, and, and you work in social work, and it's, I, be- I believe, the best is about this you. This kind-hearted if you're, soul. If you're operating this way, it's probably because something happened in your past and we can mm-hmm. work through this and you, you there's a better you in front of you and so you pay people for a couch you've never <laughs> even seen and they drop it off on your doorstep and it smells like cat and it's <laughs> hey now hey now <laughs> it did it's not you're not wrong at all yeah no obviously oh and so is it still there yes and then when my, <laughs> when, when my lease is up in a couple months i'm just going to give it away like i'm just going to say can someone please pick this up from yeah. my house i paid 100 bucks for it so if i can give it away for 0 dollars i'm going to i'm going to feel okay call it good and not have to yeah. move it so so margo is walking around the office last week with this picture what do you think of this couch what do you think of this couch what do you think of this couch and uh, this is the the pre pre seeing it in person yeah so. so then we then we go and take a look at it and uh and she, we don't have a truck to haul it, so we go back out to lunch, and we're talking through. Are you going to buy it? What's your thoughts? Well, Matt doesn't want to buy it. Matt's this, that, and the other. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so it was like this long debate about it. And so we got then. Then that sparked the conversation about um, spenders and savers and relationships. And on Sunday, I mentioned here's the thing about and we, I call them hoarders and consumers, right? Because mm-hmm. um, that's really what it is. We just like to put spenders and savers because that's more politically correct, and we don't feel bad about being called a saver. A hoarder sounds like <laughs> I have a basement full of figurines um, <laughs> that I that I'm I'm gonna sell someday um, for a lot of money. Uh, okay, so, so can I just throw in a, a funny yeah, side yeah. note of weird things that you save up, convinced that they're gonna be worth money someday? I was obsessed with Star Wars as a kid, okay. so when the new I say new being Episode One, one Star Wars yeah. was like before I saw it and like all the hype, like Star Wars is back, we're putting out a new movie. I had like a Star Wars shrine in my closet. It really should be called a shrine because there's no other word that would accurately describe the amount of garbage. And it was garbage because if I saw a Pizza Hut pizza box Keep that it. had, you know, some Star Wars Pepperoni character on it, oil stains it, everywhere, yep, it was going in the closet. Yeah. I collected like Pepsi did cans with all the different characters, oh, yeah. like oh, Qui Gon yeah. Jinn. And I'm like, I had like towers of Pepsi cans in there. I, I had was a friend convinced that they were going to be money. He did the same thing. He had literally his whole room was, I mean, because I don't know, we haven't seen that kind of a marketing campaign 
um, come around recently, but you're talking, you know, an extended break between Star Wars and all of a sudden it's well, coming back. And we didn't know valuable, that Jar Jar Binks was so. going to suck. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, this was all like pre the movie coming out. All of these I'm Pepsi like, I don't cans know who figurines. Is, but yeah. I got him on a can. Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited to yeah, see this Jar Jar Binks. I'm sure he's going to be fantastic. He's probably, <laughs> we're going to love him and his accent and everything. And uh, then your room is full of stuff. Then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, crap, I got to get rid of some of this stuff. And anyways, yeah. I this, mean, I was a kid. So like Jar Jar Binks is, a, is like a children's show character. So I didn't like loathe it. And then when I got older and got a little bit, and then like hated You didn't it. loathe it the moment you saw it? Come on. Probably because I had the pod racer game on N64 and that thing was sweet. I loved Jar Jar Binks when that movie came did out. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, he was. T- I didn't love him, but he didn't okay. grate on me. Like so, he does we were as an talking adult. downstairs in like preparation for this thing about um, like the different generational things, and <laughs> and maybe that's a millennial thing, right? Because like, so we we, we said um, I'm on the edge of Gen X, and there's a little bit of a crossover yeah. for millennials. So um, I would like to call, I call myself a millennial amongst millennials and a Gen Xer amongst Gen Xers. Cause I think I can legitimately do both. It's true. Um, and, uh, I think that every Gen Xer who watched star Wars at that age was like, well, you were the worst. Are you, you were, kidding me? You were so much older though. Yeah, I like, was in high school. I think I, like, I was uh, like nine or 10. Or so at that point, yeah. like I thought, I didn't think he was a strong character, but like, and he definitely wasn't my favorite by any means, but like he wasn't as aggravating as he is as an an older adult watching that and being like wow this is kind of garbage so <laughs> i think i don't think it Bad was actors just frustrate me though well, yeah, like H- you, even at a young age hayden christensen was awful oh so. awful <laughs> awful he was terrible so i brendan think- frazier is my go-to worst do you know who that is yes encino man and he was in the mummy all three mummies or whatever at the beginning Worst actor ever. Every time I watch him, I'm like, Everyone how? says Matt looks like how him. How are you on screen? Matt, I'm not commenting on his looks. I'm just commenting <laughs> on his acting ability. Atrocious. <laughs> Anyways, we are so far off topic so in this way. But, spenders um, and savers. Yeah, spenders and savers. But then, uh, like the, so I, I did want to talk about this generational differences, right? So um, uh, I, on Sunday, when I talked about um, – Greed, and I said that. Listen, greed is not a factor. It's not a problem just for people who have money. Um, the, Jesus' audience, when he was talking, were oftentimes people who didn't have any money. I mean, they were the lower income people. They showed up one day and had uh, nothing to eat. Um, Five thousand people, right? And like, we, we, where are we going to eat? So obviously, they weren't like fully rich. Um, and so, uh, with this crowd or with this this type of um, people. Jesus says greed is going to be an issue. And so we, I think sometimes we classify greed as an issue for people who have tons of wealth, right? Who, when they... You use the Grinch in my head. This shows my age. All I could think of was like Scrooge McDuck. I almost said Scrooge like his, McDuck. his vault full of gold, gold yeah, coins that he just gold, yeah. swim in. Right. <laughs> we think of greed as like, that's obvious greed. And, or we think of... um People who have the ability to go to college and it's paid for by mom and dad. And their first car, Sweet 16, they got a car. I don't think any of the three of us got a nice car for 16. I I didn't get any car. Um, And so we can say, oh, that's that's greed. And then miss out on the fact that I, too, even in the limited income that I have or whatever, can be also greedy. How you handle the rich... um, Poverty or richness or whatever, or, or being rich, it doesn't. it's not really a factor in that. It's are you going to allow the possessions kind of take hold of you? Are you going to be possessed by your possessions? Are you going to uh, own them? And 
Then in between services, I, I said all this because in between services, first and second service, um, I had somebody come in, uh, John Inman, and talk to me about, hey, one comment from the message, which we were doing the message evaluation, which is what we always do on Sunday, is this, that millennials have kind of the ability to sniff this out, right? Um, we, we, I'm going to use we very liberally. Um, we see people who um, do social media posts about stuff and about things and we're easily we can sniff out the shallowness of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we can be call like, them out on their BS. Yeah. Like I watch or I, I see uh like Ty Lopez. Do you know who that is? On Unfortunately. social media. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. Or Andrew Fazella or um there's these other guys who just like they're they'll be walking and they're doing like a selfie and it's obviously in their house and it's in their cars or by their cars. Or it's a rental. Oh, it's for sure a rental. But like <laughs> They'll be like, oh, what, this? Oh, just, oh, this? This is just my ride that I just picked up, you know, and all this kind of stuff. In girl world, it's like the girl that takes a picture of their engagement ring on the steering wheel of their Mercedes that you're like, is that really your car? Yeah, or? yeah. and you're like, dude, I'm not impressed. Like, it only shows me that you're a douche. That's all it does for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know? Like, that I, maybe to some audience, maybe they're like super impressed with this. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm not like that's not impressive for me. And so millennials, it's not as much about stuff in terms of greed. But that doesn't mean that we're not greedy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we don't allow our possessions to be. It's still we're still we still prioritize the social image. It just becomes more of an experiential thing. Yeah. Right. Where I'm able to travel, where I'm able to eat, how my coffee looks when my my favorite coffee shop makes it. My These Instagram. are the things that we and, and, and nobody goes. You're so shallow because of where you ate or, um, you know, even where you, you travel. You say that, but there's starting to be some flack. Like, have you... Is there? Yeah. Let's like, talk about it. Because I swim pretty deep in the Instagram world. I'll admit it. Like, I'm, I I love it. Like, I love, like, how intentionally curated everything is. Like, it's totally fake, but I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's my guilty pleasure. It's my reality TV is Instagram. So... Um, like some of the most popular hashtags amongst this whole like experience Instagrammers, like the people that are always posting the travel photos and like the Westphalia van in front of the beach with the campfire and all these things. So one of the, if you look at the tags, like how they try to get recognized by other people, uh, some of the most popular tags you'll see are these tags are called live authentic, which is ironic. And then live folk, F O L K. And you'll see that there are so many now parody accounts. Like there's a, a live authentic or live folk Barbie that does all these same poses of like the girl on that train bridge in British British Columbia with with the hat and like with like the Patagonia jacket and like but they po- they pose Barbie in these poses that you see all these like traveling girls that you don't know what they actually do for a job, but like it's starting to become that's true. Yeah, people are becoming aware of. Yeah. Like, even the experience, like, I need to go on mm-hmm. vacation so people can see that I gone on vacation yeah. kind of thing. So it's not it's not really different than greed. It's just greed with a different currency. Because the currency you, is exactly. social power, social media attention instead of money. But it's still... But also, like, it's super expensive. Like, I look absolutely. at their Westphalia buses, I'm like... These things are gas guzzlers. You are not helping the environment. Like, you're, go- <laughs> you're such an exer right there. That's your. That's that's you and me going. Oh man, twelve miles to the gallon. I mean, come on, guys, we can do better than that. I've been stuck behind one of them in the past. They go like twelve miles uphill, like per hour. It's awful. So in my head, it's I'm the like, image, man. 
this costs a lot of money, but you're making it look like you're living out of a backpack. Yeah. But oh. you spent a lot of money to look like a hobo. This, <laughs> this Patagonia rags that I'm wearing. <laughs> That were two hundred dollars for a sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah, we totally get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's just interesting. Um, uh, the, the change in perspective on that and how I, I integrated that in, into parts uh, two and three of the message, and I felt like that was uh, yeah. kind of an important thing. Um, and then also uh, focused more heavily on who Jesus was talking to, and he wasn't talking to rich people; he was talking to poor people and saying, "Listen." your chief competitor for your heart is going to be your stuff. Um, over and over again, I don't care how much you have, because most of them would probably empty their pockets and be like, what what kind of, what stuff are you talking about, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? And uh, it's it's just all over the place. Well, like, so. If you look at your bank account and what you spend money on, you will quickly find out what your priorities are. Yeah. Like, like bills are one thing, but like, what do you spend money on apart from bills? Like I was just talking for the podcast that like, I'm guilty with my money that I probably should be investing or saving. I'll buy like a new cookware thing or something like this. Like I buy a lot of stuff for my house because to me, I find a lot of self-satisfaction in having this, this nest of security and that's still stuff. And so I like, I know for me, like I'm guilty of, like wanting to be this wife homemaker person where like I can cook better meals and have a better living area and entertain better. So I'm totally guilty of it. You want Joanna Gaines to come over. Yes. And feel at home. Exactly. And there's, it's tough when you're renting. I mean, I can't do too much shiplap, so (laughs) you make do. It's not a bad thing. Uh, Travis, (laughs) I I feel like you have uh, figured that, I, I mean, we don't know each other all that well, but I feel mm-hmm. like you live pretty simply. I don't feel I've never felt like you're showy. Um, I feel like it's uh, maybe it goes along with your line of work and where you, it's really hard to be showy and then also be like, but I'm really concerned about social work and other people. And well, also, kind of what makes good rap is authenticity. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and I mean in the in the rap world, right? Um, you hear about some rappers who come out of it's it's like a pride thing to come out of the ghetto, right? Mm-hmm. Or and if somebody comes out of dude, you grew up in like suburban LA, like <laughs> your life was not that hard. Quit yeah. rapping as you if it's private school. Yeah, yeah, you went yeah. to private school your whole life. And now life's so tough for you. I mean, like talk about that authenticity or the, the simplicity for you and and uh I don't know. Well I wanna I wanna own the greed that I do have. I, I spend uh I don't make a lot of money, so Fortunately, I can't afford to be a douche. Otherwise, I might. Right. So, like, I can't judge somebody who does. Um, yeah, but you can. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm still gonna. Like, we're always gonna be able to recognize the greed that we don't display, True. right? Like, right. you asked a wealthy person what greed looks like, they might talk about stealing. But if you ask somebody who's so they broke, just point they have up to, to steal. somebody who's richer than them, don't they? I mean, well, I think they might point down. I think a wealthy person might point down and say, like, people who are on welfare are greedy, or people who steal oh, yeah. to survive oh, yeah. are greedy. So, like. Everybody's trying to do wealth for themselves, and it's so much easier to recognize the greed somebody else has in a different context. Um, but yeah, wealthy might wealthy people might point or down, or point up or down. But what I spend my money on is music, and I'm making music to build social capital for myself. I could just make music for fun and listen to it myself, and and have that hobby if it was really just for me. But there's a reason I spend money to put my music out into the world. I'm trying to build social capital. And even though I feel like I have good intentions and I'm trying to do positive things with my social capital, everybody feels like they have that right. So 
that's what my greed is. And and that's the currency that's relevant now. It's it's not that valuable to have money right now. If I have money sitting in my bank account, what's what's that doing for me? How's that in the present? Like very like right. present, like long term, it could be helpful. But and I feel moment. like too. Yeah. Okay, so a few years ago, the 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 event that you wanted to hold at our facility, the first event was a rap battle. Mm-hmm. I never heard of a rap battle before. Mm-hmm. I never watched Nine Mile. I, unfortunately, I just I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Nine I didn't. Mile isn't Eight Mile. Eight Mile. What is it? Eight? <laughs> So therefore, very clear that I did not it's watch. Not even eight being mile. ironic, <laughs> he just he just flashed eight at me like yeah yeah. Brent, you you also just up. lost your millennial. I totally did. Right? <laughs> I just lost this crowd. Never watched out. eight mile, so I, uh-huh. I I I never kind of saw that scene. Um, and so but you you would explain it to me like, well, we're gonna get up, we're gonna make each other in front of each other's moms and and mm-hmm. uh, how we dress and how overweight we are and what our face looks like and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we hug it out. Yeah. And we raise money for a different cause. That was the the thing that you did. And, it's and like you, a roast set to music. It is a roast, but <laughs> yeah. it was uh, only like sixteen people got roasted in one night. <laughs> and you do, and you did a bunch of them. And you came and you were doing those a bunch in this area. And you would even then travel and kind of go do these things. Yeah. And then um, uh, you had kind of I remember like this. Uh, I don't know. I, I just remember reading about it or watching you go like questioning. Why am I doing this? Or, or, um, this existential moment of, yeah, or like <laughs> seeing like, like I'm doing this and I, I want to do this event for other people to raise money for it. But then it became almost like a, uh, I don't know. Can you, can you talk about the evolution for you through, through some of that stuff? Yeah. Cause, Cause I think you approach it differently now than you did three or four years ago. For sure. If I had to guess. Well, one of the underlying purposes of Battle Rap for me is to bridge different cultures. Um, cause if we, if we show the community that we're using this very negative seeming art to raise money for a charity and then um, local businesses and corporations like even credit unions, Tri-City Credit Union, Jeff Anderson with Primera Financial, Financial Services. These Listen people to him dropping names right now. Getting yeah, sponsors. yeah, absolutely. Dude, dude. I'm do trying it. to I'm trying to sign my sponsors absolutely. again next year. Yeah. Um, these corporate entities are putting money into me like screaming profanity at somebody else, which is, <laughs> it's ridiculous that we've set up a system where that happens. And what that means is that we've bridged different cultures. And maybe those kids who, who understand battle rap, but don't understand the corporate world or the nonprofit world feel more comfortable jumping into that because they showed love to our scene and a church let us house it in that building. That's so many cultures coming together for one purpose. Totally. Um, but as I blend my culture with other cultures, I'm going to evolve and change. And, and, Screaming profanity at somebody doesn't sound interesting to me anymore. My my culture is evolving, um, but I hope that people are following me on that journey and like evolving with me, and that we're able to continuously connect different cultures. Um, but the last rap battle we did here at the Uptown Theater, um, I brought somebody down from Canada and we battled. But we did like a, a hipster version of a rap battle. Um, we we cut out their profanity. We kept it kind of like vague and poetic, and we called it a spoken word battle. Ooh, so that's fun. That's that's just our culture continuing to evolve. I hope somebody watches a spoken word battle, and then it's like, I want to see the uncensored version of this. Let's check out a rap <laughs> Director's battle. Director's cut. <laughs> yeah. right, right. And then they get to experience something they've never experienced before. That's what we want to do. Yeah. And and as much as it you know profanity laden or whatever. And I remember you coming up to me going, Hey man, um, I, are you gonna be cool with this happening in your church? <laughs> I was shocked. Well, I don't. I've always wanted to ask you when when you agreed to let me do a rap battle here when yeah. I when I first started volunteering at the building. What did you think at the time were the odds I was really going to come through and do a rap battle later on? And once I did come back, were you like, oh geez? Okay, I didn't think you would come back and work the next day because I think you said I'll I'll be back here tomorrow or in a couple of days and help you out. I think ninety five percent of the time, 
a person like you just never shows back up, right? Mm-hmm. And not, not even a person just like you, like a lot of people that offer to help. No, yeah, it's no, like one and done. Yeah, and <laughs> I, that's just kind of what you expect. Like, oh, it's not going to be worth it. I, it wasn't as fun as it looked. Kind of helping this thing out. So then you show back up. So then when when you showed back up, and I was like, okay. Um, he's got like a loyalty or commitment thing to him. And then you talked about the rap battle and, and I want to do this. And I, and I was like, yeah, I mean, we got a lot, we hadn't even gone through the process of meeting with our kind of lawyer to talk about what's our liability and on renting this place out. We knew we wanted to go that direction, but I didn't have mm-hmm. any paperwork in place. Yeah. So I was like, I can't promise you anything. I got to meet with him first before that. Uh, and so then, then when that kind of came a reality and you kept pursuing it and pursuing it, I was like, Hey, I think this is really going to happen. Well, and, and some and people in the church, uh, you know, some of our leadership, are we doing a rap battle here? And I was like, yeah. I mean, shoot, this is a perfect <laughs> example to show, are we really going to be a community theater yeah. or are we going to um, uh, pick and choose which events get done here? You yeah. Because we can do that. I mean, right. organize- we only like to censor that like quality from, <laughs> not yeah, quality. Censor <laughs> quality. That's it. Yeah. Um, no, but um, yeah, so that, that's been interesting. I also, this, I, I've never told, I've never talked about this aside from you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know about this, but my wife had her dirty 30 birthday party, mm-hmm. um, two years ago and we did it here. It was in, it's in July. She's about to turn 32. I'm so bummed. I couldn't make that party. And it's gonna be awesome. it was, it was, it was a surprise party for her. And we brought in about a hundred, 120 people and, uh, filled the, the theater, had a great time. She got a, a, a I want to do some fun stuff. So we we I, we had her. Get, she got a tattoo on stage in front of everybody. Um, <laughs> some guy that we found that uh, I just found him on Craigslist. No, I'm just kidding. Oh gosh, uh, came, Don't tell her came, that now. came well referred. It's okay. So she did that. Uh, we played some games. I really wanted to. I called Travis up before it, and I'm like, Hey, I'm doing this event in July. I want you to come, and I want you to. I want you to rat battle somebody because I knew, <laughs> and I want you to do my friend Brian, Brian McDowell. <sighs> and I wasn't gonna tell Brian about it that night. <laughs> I, I I was gonna just act like that's I was. That's not a rap battle. That's just a rap. Oh, it like, was gonna massacre. be an absolute massacre. It was gonna be bloody and ruthless. And it's I was like gonna. warfare. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Travis, I'm gonna give you all of these details about. Here's his kids. Here's where he works. Here's, here's how much he weighs. <laughs> here's some. So Brian, if you're listening, you almost got roasted that night, dude. It could still happen. Oh. yeah. Well, you might I'm here now. This out. Yeah, I said if you did, if so, his job wasn't like a security officer with a gun at Hanford, oh, like man. we'd send you. But I wanted way. to see. I wanted him to go first, Brian to go first, just to show how difficult it is to like think through some things and try and piece it together and do it in like a presentation poetic way. And I wanted him to struggle so much, and then Travis to come out and just blow the socks <laughs> off the joint and just have everybody on their feet. And you were traveling at the time, and yeah. we're like, I think I can make it work. I think I can make it work. And then a couple of days before, something came up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, I can't make it. I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm still doing the tattoo. But that could have been, that would have been epic. Mm-hmm. Brian might not be at the church anymore. He might not be my friend anymore. He might not be leading starting point. It would right be now. worth it for sure. <laughs> so that was. That was a dream that someday we'll we'll and and uh, mm-hmm. we uh we talked you and I've been in, in conversations recently. We're trying to do uh, uh, drinks for drinks again this year. Uh, yep. Now that we're in a, a spot where we've been in the theater now and we kind of got events under our belt and kind of know what we're doing, we we hosted our drinks for drinks event last year, raised ten grand for charity water, and want to do it again. And uh, we're gonna kind of uh, we're not doing boat race weekend this year. We're gonna do it the weekend before, so July twentieth. It's gonna be Friday night. 
Um, I just lined up a band from Seattle called Scout, a friend from college who's kind of going to be here and talk to you about coming on on the scene and helping us bring in uh, a little bit different culture, either rap mm-hmm. battles type stuff or uh, rap performers. So um, it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. So if you're listening to this podcast and, and Travis intrigues you, then mark your calendars for July 20th for sure. I mean, you can connect with him before that, but... But uh, he's going to be part of helping us create some something cool and, and raise money for a good cause with Jerry mm-hmm. Water. So pretty excited about that. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, so this is probably a great time. Anything else message-wise? I know we kind of went all, all over the rails. But um, a key thing to think to remember is that this is – that was week four. Week five is this weekend. And Margot is finishing it all off. So um, she's going to be in the saddle on Sunday. We're excited for it. So hopefully you can make it back for that. All right, we are going to transition to our something interesting, anything that we've read, uh, experienced, watched, um, or just interesting facts about things that we just personally found interesting. Travis, I'll, I'll let you go third so that you don't have to. You can hear our two things and then cool. kind of base it off that. If you have anything, if you don't, that that's fine too. But Marg, you want to start us off? Sure. Okay. So I feel like I can't remember if we talked about this in the last podcast because my brain is apparently Uh-oh. shot right now. I'll let you know in just a second. Uh, did we talk? I think we talked about before the podcast about Westworld. Season. I don't think we season talked two. about it on the podcast. Yeah, no. All right. So I haven't gotten far into season two because they haven't dropped a lot of episodes or anything like that. But I figured I would throw out Westworld as as something that could be worth checking out. And okay. he, here's my my defense. So I am not into westerns. I will trudge through them for my husband and in laws. Westerns sake. like the uh, like a uh, John, John Wayne, Wayne and, okay, yeah. and all that stuff. There's Got a couple it. that I think are better than others, but I feel like as much as chick flicks are repetitive's. Westerns are just as repetitive, except maybe more so because the scenery, it looks like it's all shot on the same, like, one acre. Quick sideways note about this. My father-in-law gives my mother-in-law Western movies every year for Christmas. It's this long-standing joke. She hates Western movies, but he buys them for her, and then he watches them. So every year she opens <laughs> up a new DVD, <laughs> and is always in a different box, so she doesn't know. If- <laughs> oh, doesn't know when it's coming. Exactly. <laughs> so she's always like, oh, great. Here we go. Wild Wild West yeah. is awesome. In fact, Anyways. my husband is off of work today because his machine isn't working. So he doesn't have to go to work. And sure enough, I woke up at like 6 a.m. to the sound of some Western movie downstairs. And I was like, really? Really? You wake up early to watch Westerns. I don't get it. Anyways, so I was not super intrigued by Westworld. I mean, they had Anthony Hopkins, which I'm like, well, he's great. And then they had the crazy girl that was married to Marilyn Manson. So I was like, well, that could be interesting. Like in real life? Yeah, the blonde girl that's in it. The main Why well, can't I think of her? She was in Across the Universe, the main character. Oh, crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. anyways. So I can't think of her name for some reason. But so I'm like, it looks intriguing. And so the whole concept of it to to lay out the plot is that they've created this um, this world like a like a theme park, for lack of better terms, except just massive. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres. And they've been able to um, like entirely accurately reproduce humans like they build them like literally you see the machines. They do like muscle fiber by muscle fiber, like painting together humans and animals and all these things. But then they're able to program them like your job is you're a farmer and you see the good in everyone. And then your job is like a brothel leader and you like and so they're able to adjust their personality and give them these witty comebacks. And then people pay thousands of dollars to spend time and like they get to choose white hat or black hat like am I going to be a good guy or bad guy and they go into the town and they can either just spend it like 
I'm going to be a cattle farmer for a week or I'm going to go and, and shoot Native Americans for a week. Or I'm going to go and spend all my time in the brothels and like kill people and rob a bank. But like there's no moral repercussion because it's like what happens in Westworld stays in Westworld. And when you kill a character, they just cart them off, fix them up, and they, and they erase the character's mind and just put them back on this loop. So they have no idea that they've been murdered every night for the last like 10 years and like all these. It's horrible. And so hmm. it was making me really think about this whole series about guardrails because in this in this world, there is no guardrails where hmm. um, the people, the robots, for lack of a better term, have no control over their scenarios. They're set in this predestined loop. These The good girls cannot be bad and defend themselves. Like They can't fight back. And the bad guys can never have a good endearing moment because they're programmed to this. And then these the humans come in and they like, what would you do if you could do anything with your time, if you could kill people without consequence, if you could you know, do all these horrible things? And so, it, like the story, kind of like you immediately hate the humans, yeah, <laughs> because they're like it just brings out the worst in people. And so you side with these robots that can't do anything to get out of this fixed loop of like I'm always going to be taken advantage of, and I'm always just going to be a prostitute, and I'm always going to be this and that. And so, um, the show is really, really good. There's so there's so many huge twists in it that are just like. Oh. Um, I will say it's definitely like put the kids to bed <laughs> kind yeah. of show. Yeah. There's a lot of nudity in it and it's not, not a lot of the nudity is nudity is sexual nudity. It's more like when they go to fix the people's bodies, you just see them all laid out on a gurney and you're like, Whoa, HBO. <laughs> so, <laughs> not on ABC. And there is like, there is violence in the sense that like it's wild west. So people are getting shot and stuff like that. Um, but it's not like, not a lot of it's horribly gory there's some scenes but uh the plot alone is really it really makes you rethink and i know they just kicked off season two because kylie and i uh watch uh john oliver and crashing and veep and all those and the promos for season two have been all over the place like every time it does a whole you know opening scene thing it's i really didn't expect to like it as much as i did because i'm not super into like robots and i've already talked about westerns but like just the um just Does Matt the, watch it with you? Are you yes. guys? Yeah. So just like what it makes you think, and like just trying to unravel the plot and figure out who's truly good and who's truly bad, and um, all these things. It's really good. It's, mm. it's worth worth a look if you're interested in any of those things. Cool. Awesome. So the other day I was at uh, Kate. Mine. My, my, here's my something interesting. I was at Kagan's and I heard a song come on the radio, and it had a great a catchy. It was a song I I was familiar with, and I was like, I've heard that in a movie somewhere. I couldn't think of the movie, and I couldn't think of the name of the song either. And it wasn't the words. Like oftentimes, if you hear a song, you can be like, Oh, I'll just type in these words, and the chorus is gonna kick up. And you know, Google is my friend in that way. But I didn't have any of that. Um, all I had was this like this the tune. This uh, yeah, like this piano thing. So actually, I I was like okay how do i figure this out this is like a unique challenge for me if i want to find a song but i don't know the words what do i got to do so i i found um an online piano and like began playing the this is dedication oh dedication <laughs> well for me it was just like I not even know. just this song but like could you could you figure this out if i typed in e c g f g a whenever you know whatever could i find this this song that didn't work out because it kicked back way too many things so then i found a website called Medomi medomi.com m-i-d-o-m-i where you can sing into your microphone or hum 
the, the just the tone of something and it Google searches the tone, it matches up with other people who have done these same searches and what was successful for them and then kicks it back out and it worked the very first time for me. That's wow. crazy because you had to keep in mind like key, like you're probably not going to be in the right key. Not to mention I sound like a frog when uh, I sing. Do you know what I mean? So like not no, a I good singer. we have not been able to hear you sing. Yeah, well, I turn the mic off for that usually. Um <laughs> But I just thought it was so intriguing, like the the technology and the world that we live in now. It's so great. The new Westworld here um, is that we can, it, and look foolish, by the way, trying to be coy about singing into your computer in the middle of a coffee shop, which is hard to do. Well, I think Siri now, if you like hold down Siri and don't say anything, it automatically listens for music to identify songs. Oh, is that true? Like a Shazam sure type thing? I think that's like in the new Shazam has saved me a ton. I just couldn't yeah. get my phone out to lock, you know. Soundtown, they had all those apps. Yeah, so. yeah. That's really good to know. So if you have something that's plaguing your mind, you're like, what is this? I thought it was Midori for a while. I kept saying Midori. (laughs) And that's like a pear liqueur. And so I'm pretty sure that that's not... That's not what I'm talking about. Midomi. 10 out of 10 would not recommend (laughs) Midomi. Travis, you got anything for us? Anything interesting? Yeah, I hung out with a guy named John Roach a couple weeks ago. And he co-founded a really cool company. I don't remember who all is involved in it. It's definitely a team, but he's just the dude that I met. Um, whole story is trying to make the world more authentic, um, particularly in the hiring process. Um, so they're teaching people who are trying to find jobs how to incorporate their personal story and their personal journey and their character into the way they present themselves rather than just resume points. And then they're teaching people who conduct the hiring process to focus more on people's soft skills and character and, and ethic um, rather than just the points on the resume, like their education and where they've worked and for how long. So he holds these seminars where you show up and you pay like 10 bucks, you get dinner and you have this two hour presentation about how to tell your story in an authentic way. Um, Super cool program. And I'm hoping that he can come do some lessons at the agency where I work too, because it's super cool. So if you're trying to get a job and you feel like you have skills and character and experience that your resume doesn't represent, Google whole story, W-H-O-L-E-S-T-O-R-Y, one word, and look into that. Super cool. And he's based out of Tri-Cities here? Yeah, he's in Tri-Cities. They've been doing a lot of seminars in Seattle. I think one of their team members is over there. And I don't know if there's been a seminar in Tri-Cities yet, but John is local here, and he's the co-founder. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love that she picks a dirty show, I pick something you can sing into your mic, and you pick something that actually helps people get jobs and be a productive member of society. (laughs) Thank you for bringing some wholeness. I'll keep it lighter next time. You can... I'll let the pastor do the preaching next time. Right, right. Absolutely. Dude, we would love to have you back, man. I love it. Um, Sure. And uh, love what you're doing in the community. I love that you've got a good pulse on kind of the arts community in the Tri-Cities and and especially in a unique uh, form of rap, which I don't know. I would say I've been here pretty much my whole life. I would not say that the rap scene in the Tri-Cities has been a big thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And the music scene in general hasn't been a big thing. And Mm -hmm. especially that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to go kind of Seattle, Portland to get sort of the urban kind of vibe on that. So yeah. um, good for you for helping uh, bring that out in Tri-Cities and make it a little bit more uh, public and uh, more accessible for everybody. So thanks, it's man. awesome. I love it. Cool. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Say Something Interesting. You can find me on the socials at Brent Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-E-N. You can find Margo. On the Instagram that I love too much, yeah. at Adventures in Caffeine. Yeah. Uh, you got any social stuff you want to throw out? Um, Connect with you? Yeah, Civic Washington on all the social media is one word. Civic like the car Washington. in the state. 
Yeah. The car in the state. There the you go. Hit me up on Instagram and see my experiences. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you, do you have like a SoundCloud? If people want to listen to some. Oh yeah. Music? How, how do you get your music? I, I haven't released any music in a couple years, and I've been really practicing and redefining my my sound for that whole time. So I'm just helping other artists do stuff right now. Um, if you want to listen to some good music, look up Karma Knows from Tri Cities. He's putting out good stuff, and I'll be putting out stuff maybe this summer. We're gonna try and get uh, him to come around here. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, he's got to uh, do a show here for sure. Doing doing a show here, and then um, yeah. Anyways, cool. All yeah. right, thanks so much, guys. Have a great week. See you.